Hello and welcome back to the Back to Football podcast. That's the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. This is episode seven and I'm joined in the studio by my ever-present co-host. Ever-present, not sure about (laughs) ever-present. My seldom-present co-host, John Miller. John, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit worse for wear. Uh, um, yeah, not too bad. You might hear I've got a bit of a karaoke voice. But. You have, yeah. Uh, I was thinking we should get straight into the show this week with um, our season of the week. Yes. Um, previously, it's been barbecue season. Uh, as I talk about season of the week, I'm looking out of a window watching the rain pour down. Yeah, no uh, barbecues today. On London. Uh, so our season of the week is wedding season. Uh, I was at a wedding on Saturday um of my cousin or second cousin okay okay son of my mum's cousin i think that's second cousin or yeah. cousin once removed yeah. something like yeah. that yeah yeah uh, but a lovely wedding congratulations uh ed and, where, where did that ed take and place alex. Uh, ed and that alex. down in sussex okay uh, a place cool. called sisbury barns oh, or nice. sisbury barn nice amazing venue really beautiful venue lovely. um you know the weather was all right it wasn't yeah. it wasn't perfect um a little bit of rain in the afternoon. But oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was nice in the evening, nonetheless. Um, wedding season for you, I believe, happened this weekend a little it bit. Did as well. indeed. Um, I was I was on a stag on a stag do organised a stag do for. Uh, I was the best man for best man for my mate and uh, went to Budapest. Nice. Yeah. Classic re- stag location. Yes, classic stag location. Really good weather. Um, I think it was like was 30, it? Yeah, I've heard Europe. Was, Europe yeah. Like a heat wave. Heat wave. Yeah, it was about. 32 33 degrees wow um while while we were there it rained a little bit on the on the sunday but we didn't do too much on a sunday just kind of resting up and waiting for one of the plane to kind of come take us home but uh yeah the friday and the saturday were really really hot a really good time Uh, have you organized a stag before no this is my first one and i must say i'm pretty pretty proud of my achievements um yeah it went really well uh we we uh so we got him a Santa outfit for the airport. So okay. we're like, Santa's come early. <laughs> He's come early to, to Luton Airport. So he flew out of Luton. He came in and uh, had a Beats pill like in, in my bag. Just, oh, right, you know, like the speaker thing. Yeah, the yeah, speaker, yeah. yeah. So I connected it all up, had the Christmas songs ready. And then... In know, the airport? In the airport, yeah. So as soon as he touched, as soon as we got to the airport, it was like, you've got to get this on. And then whenever you hear a Christmas song you got to start dancing. You know, I gave him two packets of Weather's Originals and uh, he had to go around and giving them out to children and all people's young and old. And how, how, did, how did that go down? It went down very well. It was very fun. We got some good but footage. With, without, <laughs> outside of your stag group, how did that go down? Very, very well. In fact, yeah. so well that when we checked in, the lady gave us um, VIP or something so we didn't have to like oh, queue right. up for... Like priority board. Priority, that's it. Priority board. They boarding. just wanted you yeah. out of the airport yeah, yeah, as quick yeah. as possible. Wizz Air. Never heard of Wizz Air before. I'm flying with Wizz Air. Are you flying with Air? I'm going Poland at the end of, uh, yeah. end of the summer with yeah. Wizz as well. Oh, really? Wizz? I'd never heard of it before. Um, yeah. So it was, yeah, so we, we got there and uh, we just made the, we made the uh, air hostess the... Laugh and uh, she uh, yeah gave us priority boarding uh, nice. so that was, that was pretty good bit of charm bit of yeah. John Miller charm bit of, bit of John Miller charm yeah so we had all I want for Christmas with you jingle bells nice and yeah just giving it a good old good old dance and uh, <laughs> and uh, and he had full beard as well and uh, giving out a few sweets and uh, yeah it kind of um, put a smile on people's faces so that was funny um, but how while about, that go on. yeah how about when you got over yeah it was good uh, we went you know we. Did a, did a bit of club hopping on the Friday night. Okay. Went to a place called Fogash Hash, which I think is called Instant. It's got like 15 rooms. Really? Variety of music. Uh, you know, went to a few ruin bars as well. Um, can't remember all the names of them, to be fair. But um, uh, all of the sort of main spots we went to. And um, yeah, it was really good. But on the Saturday night, we went to a place called Sparty, which is in the, the Thermal Baths um, right. that you go to. But yeah. uh, every Saturday, they've got this club uh, that... Is it's from like ten thirty to like three a.m. and it was amazing. It was like packed to the rafters. I must say the ratios weren't weren't great. Favor weren't in our great favor. A lot of boys. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of boys in the house. Yeah, a lot of boys in the house. Um, but it was a good laugh. It was really fun. And uh, yeah, we were there like just enjoying ourselves, cut free drinks. But this is where another part Wait, of the stuff happened. You, could you go in the pools and the bars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go into the massive, massive. So pool. you're in swimming trunks or something? Yeah, yeah, swimming yeah. trunks. Right. What we did for Till the three a.m. Till 3 a.m., oh. yeah. We left at 2.30 because one of the uh, 
cab drivers, the, the cab driver that took us there said, if you don't leave, like, kind of like 2, 2.30, it's a fucking nightmare, nightmare to get out. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, uh, like queuing up to the case of change of <laughs> yeah. rooms and stuff like that. So, um, but a uh, funny thing happened. We decided to get the stags a pair of dissolvable shorts. Um, oh, so obviously nice. he bought his shorts. We, we, we hid his shorts. And um, while he was getting it, while he was in the shower, and we're like, oh, I swear I packed shorts. So then we left it for a while, we're like, what are we going to do, etc. And then uh, one of the other fellas who was there, he, he had these, it, this guy was like a man mountain. He's like anti Joshua built, right? right? Six foot five, you know, good looking, pulls all the girls, you know, biceps as big as your forehead, as big as your head, yeah, yeah, uh, as, big yeah, as, yeah. as big as your head, as big as your head, our whole head. We're about my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Six head. Um, and um, yeah, massive biceps. And um, yeah, so he was like, he had these tight shorts. But then he also had the extra large um, dissolvable shorts. So it was like, <laughs> you can have, you pick, it's obvious which one he's going to pick. So there was no way, he was unawares, full sets of security, oh my you know, days. Scottish shorts on. Um, and yeah, when we got in, it took a while to get in, like, but when we did get in, in terms of like, we're buying drinks and just chilling. And then when we finally goes, let's go in the water. You know, he said, what's going on with my shorts? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, and before you know it, he was cupping his balls. Oh um, my you know, One half of the shorts floating, floating away. What are and, they made um, of? So uh, what it is, is the, the, the seam um, is oh, made right. of something that like dissolves. sugar or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, so it dissolves. Because he nearly split them. So while he's putting them on in the room, he's like, oh, well, so, sorry, sorry, Pems, which, you know, uh, which is one of the name, main one of the guys and nicknames. Sorry, Pems. Um, I think I split your shorts. Like, it's like oh, hey, don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, he, <laughs> you know, so he, he, I was thinking, no, he's going to suss it. He's going to suss it. Yeah. Um, but no, he didn't suss it. And then, yeah, it was just like, and obviously it, it, it wasn't long before everyone clottened on and people were trying to pull away the, the rem- go under the, the water, put the, yeah, his... pull away the re- re- remnants of the, of the shorts, uh, which is a good laugh. But he got out, he tried to get out, but the security won't let him get out. He have to put the shorts, the oh, actual to... shorts back in, in, on, in the water. Um, what the broken ones no the so we bought a spare so oh, we bought a right. spare clearly otherwise he'd been naked all night um, yeah. so we bought a spare and uh, he, he had to put them on back in the water which was, which was quite funny um, but yeah it was it was really fun really funny got, got some good footage for life nice. um, so that that will add to the sort of wedding speech and everything else they like must that. get that then they must get that yeah all, not all the time but I'd imagine a few yeah yeah, yeah I've seen it online you know it. lad bible and stuff okay. I've seen it before yeah. uh, so security so, are prepped the, yeah they're prepped and ready to roll <laughs> um, but yeah it was a good laugh it's definitely a recommend like if you're going Budapest uh, definitely go check out Sparty because uh, it's it's a lot of fun uh, it's cool. a good laugh what about the food food, food was good yeah um, as you know I've been a vegetarian well a flexitarian well, flexing, trying to be a vegetarian flexing on those last, veggies yeah <laughs> <laughs> flexing it up on those veggies for the last I'd say about a year yeah and um, really proud of myself I had no meat no fish the whole time I was there. Um, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I had really nice sort of, um, you know, brie or whatever, burgers and whatever else, mushroom, mushroom pizzas, you know, tortellini nice. and stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, quite a lot of the lads were having the goulash and a couple of other stuff, which they, you know, they said was pretty tasty. So the food seemed yeah. all right. Quite all cheap. Really pretty cheap. cheap. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cheap. I mean, we've got a round in as well at uh, one of the clubs we went to and it was like, kind of converted. It was like £12. For uh, how many guys? About seven. Oh, so yeah. Imagine, imagine that in London. Yeah, just, oh, mate. We'll people be, will be out every weekend. We, yeah, people will be out every night. <laughs> be about every night. Yeah, yeah. just lying and on the street. Money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, off the nuts. So, out of ten, what would you rate the stag do? Obviously, bear in mind you organised uh, it yourself. So, I'm gonna give it a solid, a solid nine and a half. Is it? There's always room for improvement. Oof. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, but I'm gonna pat myself on the back and give it. Give it a solid nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the day that I get to organise a, a stag do, actually. You got some good ideas? Got some good ideas, yeah. I just need to make some friends that might, yeah. <laughs> might actually get married yeah. uh, and let me do it. But yeah, if if you're one of my friends and you're thinking of getting married and you're... Cause not sure can, you're can best you, man. Can you organise a stag do and not be the best man? Do you know what, right? I don't think you can. It's not really a... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got to be from your best man. They're going to put yeah. more into it. It's one it. of the duties, isn't it? It's one of the duties, it's probably yeah. the main 
Yeah, really. pretty much. And making everyone laugh at the wedding, apart from, the, apart from yeah, those two. That's, those that's are the two big, two big, big areas you've got to tick. So yeah, uh, if anyone would like me to be their best man, then yeah, go ahead. Send us send us a message yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So we're now on Twitter, actually. That brings uh, us on to yes, our next thing. Um, and it's not really... Obviously, we're the back-to-football show, so we like to go back to football and, and talk about football towards the end of our shows. Um, but one of our big loves is obviously Love Island. Mm-hmm. Um and I've had a few of those like conversations about Love Island this week with people that don't like Love Island. You know the classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't yeah, believe, me too. Actually, can't believe you watch yeah. that crap. Like, yeah, blah blah blah. Um, I hit them with the like. My argument is always that it's not about looks. Looks are irrelevant on Love Island. Everyone is good looking. So yeah, then it becomes about, all on a level playing field. It becomes about personality Ooh. and if and that's you know that's applicable to everyone. Yeah. Everyone's got a personality. Yes. Um, and yeah that's my argument anyway but the BTF um, Twitter account which is at the BTF podcast uh, will be exclusively tweeting uh, about Love Island every Love Island episode and the aim of the game is to go viral John we're going to go viral viral. last night was my first night tweeting about it Um, that would have been Monday night's episode uh, depending on when this show goes out I think on, on Wednesday um, and I managed to get a tweet that got like 96 likes and oh, five, good going, mate. five retweets. Good going. So the bar has been set and we will try to top that with, with we'll, some we funny uh, commentary on, on Love Island as it goes forward. Um, you can also follow us obviously on Instagram uh, and we're going to put up a poll after this show um, where you'll get to choose which of our drafted Love Island teams you prefer. Obviously, yes. we did those drafts last week. A lot has changed in the, a lot in has the changed. villa. Are we all still Are we all still in? We're all still in, aren't we? Yeah, everyone's no still gone in. Since. No one's yeah. gone because obviously, Sh- well, we found out what happened with Sharif. Was he in your team? He was in no one's team because we did. Oh we yeah, did, he we, was out before, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, we did the yeah, draft yeah. like just yeah. after Sharif had left the villa, but we didn't know why. Obviously, Sharif did an interview with the Sun. He was did, on BBC yeah. um, Victoria Derbyshire sure. show yesterday, yeah, um, defending himself. Uh, and yeah, so we know we know the reasons why Sharif yeah. went. So he didn't. He Jazzy didn't do Jeff. any of the things. So we, we Jeff take back jacuzzi. everything we yeah. said about apologies <laughs> goes out to Sharif for accusing you um, of jizzing in a jacuzzi. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't do that, which good, <laughs> good lad. Um, but he did obviously say certain words. Um, yeah, probably. Not. What's your thoughts on that? Mm. Like, because his his line is, "There's other stuff going in there," and it kind of it feels like he's been picked on a bit. I think yeah. he used the word unconscious bias. Um, he did, yeah. Um, obviously, you saw what happened. I don't know. It's any spoilers, but you know, if you're up to date, you saw what happened with. Uh, Tom Fury and you know uh, um, who was it what's her name again not um, Mora Mora, that's it Mora trying to plant the lips and him moving away you know if that was uh, one of the guys they'd be they'd be out on their ear so do you think that saying the word and from what he's saying he didn't say it to her he didn't say you're a T-O-N-T he said it in a random that's what you call a whatever bleep bleep Um, do you think that weren't him Regardless of unconscious bias, what where his nationality is, mm. do you think that that warrants being kicked out? Personally, um, I don't think he should have been kicked out. I've obviously we've not seen the clip, okay, no. so we don't know how he said it, whether you know there was any malice in it. But I think the the problem is that word is deemed to be so the c word um, mm. is deemed to be the the worst word, I guess. In the English language. Yeah, totally. I think when you combine it with the word punt, um, it it then fuses together, obviously, the, a derogatory um, word to, towards a female with the C word, plus punt, which has connotations of abuse or Ooh. like actually physical, physical violence physical violence yeah i think it's the combination of the two that yeah. that makes it such a um controversial thing mm. um even if he's joking about it it's a really tough one i mean I'm, one. I'm probably like 60 40 in yeah. terms of but in terms of whether it's he should have been kicked out or not um 40 to go mm. and 60 to stay because a lot of things we don't see right yeah because they edit the show out yeah. and if maybe we're not getting the full picture mm. because uh, from how he tells it I was told 
um, it was kind of an accident. It was laughed yeah. about, and then he brought it up later and in a different separate conversation without mm-hmm. Molly May being there and said, "That's what you call a you know bleep punt, right?" So if that was the case, surely, if that's what we're led to believe, surely, you know, they could have edited that scene as they're editing it anyway, and then give him a, a, a warning. A warning. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes you kind of think maybe there's more to it. Yeah, to actually it does. get removed yeah. for that, it seems like there could be more to it. But we might we might find out more when uh, when he may lose a show. We might not. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, there's certainly. I think that that story has got legs mm. to go it's yeah. not over Punt um, legs. <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah we will hear more from Sharif now John um, we segued last week from Love Island via Tommy Fury into boxing we did indeed um, and what we're going to do is a new recurring segment um, or actually it's this is his first recurrence yeah. Inception. Um, but uh, which will be John's boxing round or uh, name TBC there, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which is three minutes, uh, the length of a round in a, a traditional boxing, boxing yeah. match, um, well done. Well done, of John then. talking <laughs> and summarising uh, what's gone on in boxing over the last week. So please now join us for John's boxing round. Right, here we go. So we had a little bit of a, we had quite quite a bit of boxing on the, over the weekend. So I'm just going to touch on two highlights. So we had Josh Warrington who uh, beat Kid Galahad to defend his IBF world title. Uh, that was a split decision. Uh, one judge had it um, for Kid, Kid Galahad and two other judges had it for Josh Warrington. I uh, didn't watch the fight as I was in uh, uh, on a stag, but I've watched the highlights and it was a bit, it was nip and tuck. It was a bit, um, could have gone either way. Um, so whoever won that fight, has I'm not, uh, can't argue with it because that one could have gone either way. It was it was it was a tight affair, um, and you know it was it was what it, it is what it is um, <laughs> is what it is with that one. Um, I guess the highlight fight over the weekend, um, which probably had most uh, people's eyes on, especially if you are from the UK, was Tyson Fury uh, versus Tom Schwartz. So he had a second round knockout um, over Tom Schwartz. Um, yes, yeah, so he gave him a good a good beating, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so hopefully he'll move on and fight some stiffer competition. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. My opinion of that fight, I think it's absolutely atrocious. Uh, <laughs> um, although, he, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, Dan, but he came out. I think he came out to coming coming to living in America. He had the <laughs> Apollo Creed style shorts on and everything else. But um, you know, he tried to put on a spectacle spectacle. But uh, you gotta be gaining. You're Tyson Fury, you know. You you uh, you won a world champions. Uh, you were um, a uh, unified world champion, like you know, four or five years ago. You cannot be getting in a ring with a Tom Schwartz. I think he was ranked like you know, 63rd up until the fight was announced, and then the governing body stuck him into the top 10. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a bit overhyped, um, the knockout. I've seen on the media that everybody's kind of losing their shit, saying that he's like the new, you know, he's the, he's the best boxer. Um, but uh, I'm not having it. Get in a ring with someone a bit more, uh, a bit more alive. Get in a ring with someone with a pulse, not a he- walking heavy bag. And then we'll see where, where the chips land. Um, you know, so I will, how long have I got in there, Dan? How long have I got? Uh, you have... Uh, about a minute remaining about a minute so yeah that's it so um, <laughs> Tyson Fury let's see you get in there with a better challenge next maybe a Dylan White he's been calling you out for a while I'd love to see that fight um, you know maybe um, we'll definitely need to get that rematch on with uh, John Tay Wilder you ducked that rematch Tyson Fury did um, he also uh, ran away from the rematch with um, Klitschko all them years ago when he won the belt Klitschko was desperate for a rematch and he didn't do that so uh, I hope you don't disappear for another three years and uh, fight someone with a pulse and we'll see what happens and then hopefully if AJ beats uh, Ruiz those three can face off um, Tyson Fury John T. Wilder and Anthony Joshua and we can uh, get some exciting fights before uh, we hit our coffins Hey, there we go. Three, there we go. three minutes is up. Bit of uh, waffle in there, I must say. Bit of waffle. It's the first time you tried that. And I think first next... time is three minutes. Yeah. Like, I think because last week you did it and it was two minutes. Yeah. Um, so it probably felt a bit longer. You were sparring 
Just yeah. sparring at the moment. Yeah, just um, sparring. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good round. Yeah, I thought well, it was a good round. Good round. Yeah. You got hung up on the you got hung up on the stag do thing. The fact that you weren't here watching. Tyson yeah, Bay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, kind of. Uh, at maybe like 20, 20 seconds yeah. gone. <laughs> <laughs> twenty seconds into the time. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, I guess no, that was I mean, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as the weeks goes on and uh, there's more on the boxing schedule, um, yeah. I guess we can fill it out a bit more. But I. As it was the first, oh, first it was the first one, one. and of just, course, like you say, you were you were not here this. I weekend, was not so here, you... so I was just catching up on some highlights. I couldn't go into too much detail yeah. of uh, of what happened because I didn't watch the fights. Um, but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I, I think you're definitely... more than excused. Yeah, uh, get, yeah, there. yeah. Get a free pass on the first yeah. one. Free hit, a free punt. Yeah, that's yeah. it. A free punt. Get a free on punt. Um, coming up now on the show, we have our well, a previous guest host of the show, Greg the Egg. Greg Holland. Greg the Egg Holland. Um, and he is our resident conspiracy connoisseur uh, and also our inaugural um, phone line guest. Um, so we're going to give him a ring now. Uh, and John, you're going to join us after the phone call uh, with Greg the Egg for our back to football segment. So let's try ringing Greg. Let's hope he answers. Conspiracy Theory Hotline. This is Greg speaking. How can I help? Hi, Greg. Uh, we'd like to order one conspiracy to go and uh, with a side of Greg recommends, please. Yeah, perfect. You're right. That's <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the uh, Back to Football podcast. Um, thanks for jumping in on the show two weeks ago um, when John was absent. How are you thanks doing? Thanks for having me on. That's all right. You're, you're, uh, you're also our first ever um phone link guest um which, which is quite a, a big occasion i think and it's quite a responsibility to be to be taken on but it is i'm honored i'm looking forward to it yeah and uh, obviously do a good <laughs> as you can see we're, we're already talking talking over each other as that you know it's it's a new thing to get used to we're we're so used to staring into each other's eyes across the the radio desk um <laughs> that it's quite hard isn't it to transfer this this uh electric chemistry that we have yeah onto uh onto a phone uh link up but um so you say you are able to provide us with a conspiracy theory today i have i've got one fresh off the press for you it's one that i've quite enjoyed looking at uh, over the last couple of weeks uh it's a really good one for you i think you'll like it i hope you do i'm very excited um and i'm happy for you to just take it away uh tell me about it all right, so here we go. So we have got the Dilatov Pass incident for you. Okay. Right. So in the Ural mountain range, which is situated in Russia, in February 1959, which is 60 years ago, nine experienced hikers very brutally lost their lives. Right. Their tent was found in ruins and was cut from the inside. Several of the hikers were discovered barefoot and semi-naked near the original campsite around a month after their disappearance. And the rest were discovered almost three months later, buried under snow in a ravine. Hmm. What's interesting about this is that there was a trail of footprints, some of which were barefoot, that led from the tent, which appeared to suddenly stop. So out of nowhere, there was a trail and it just stopped. Right. After 60 years, there's still no explanation as to what happened, and it's one of the most mysterious disappearances of the 20th century. Over 75 theories have spun from this horrific evidence, and I'm going to give you five. So here's five possible theories and explanations of what happened. Okay. I'm already, I just want to say, I'm already sort of, I can't, I'm fixated on the cut from the inside uh, right fact there that you mentioned so i'm sure that's going to come up again it's very interesting this so here we go so we've got one avalanche probably the most obvious explanation right in the mountain range yeah like gonna happen however the area has absolutely no history of avalanches and certainly no evidence of one that would cause outright death <laughs> also the injuries found on the bodies didn't line up with those that would be sustained from an avalanche now, obviously, this what injuries? Rushed. What injuries do you get from an avalanche? Bru like crushing, bruising. Yeah, crushing, broken bones. We'll go on to a little bit about the okay. injuries that they sustain, but um, I wanted to warm you up before I got into the gory. <laughs> really, 
Um, but yeah, no, with an avalanche, I imagine it would be broken bones, crush, suffocation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the thing is with this, a, a big conspiracy around it is that this was the explanation that the Russian government at the time went with. It was very much promoted. It was promoted as the actual answer. So it does suggest a bit of a cover up, which is interesting. Okay. Because it just doesn't simply add up. There's no history of avalanches, and obviously yeah. we've gone over the autopsies, but. Yeah, so you, there's one theory. Yeah, don't believe that one. Next, don't believe that. Out of five? Uh, out of five, one. If, if there's no avalanches in that area, you can't just, you know, you can't just yeah. say there was an avalanche. It's like there being a, a tidal surge in uh, the middle of London. You know, yeah. there's, there's no yeah. history of it. It is possible. You know, there's a river there, but um, no, I don't buy it. All right, checks out, checks out. Second theory, UFO. Ooh. Now, this is the theory that some researchers do have, and while there's no evidence to suggest that they are correct, there is some interesting detail to examine which might suggest involvement of a highly advanced craft from another world. <laughs> For example, where two of the hikers were discovered, there was substantial damage to the trees that overlooked their makeshift base. Now, the damage was around 4.6 metres high, which is 15 feet, uh, and some researchers theorise that this was the result of a UFO hovering just over the treetops. Yeah. Furthermore, <laughs> some of the group who were discovered months after they disappeared were found with pieces of skin, lips and eyes apparently quote-unquote surgically removed. While some do claim that these injuries were the result of the decomposition, you know, these were found months after, yeah. others do say that they were precisely cut, which suggested intelligent action. Okay. Which What's is, on that? Um, 15 foot above. I mean, a helicopter could do the same without yeah, being... Yeah, but this is 60 years ago. Yeah. They had helicopters in Vietnam, didn't they, in the war? Um, okay. I think that's probably... <laughs> strangely more believable than the avalanche situation um <laughs> but i'm not convinced that ufos or like alien life has been to earth and i don't understand i always think if a ufo came here why would they keep it such a secret or why would they land at night and blah 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 like, yeah. it just seems like you'd fly in from space and you would go to the lighter side of earth rather than the uh the, the bit that was in night time um that's my thoughts or you'd land in the sea i don't know something like that but yeah i'm, I'm not buying it they're not going to come down and kill some campers so i'm giving that two as well two out of five yeah fair enough i get that they'd want to be seen wouldn't they they want to make their presence <laughs> yeah. Enough, so, yeah and they think you've watched they'd... way too many films there dan but uh, yeah i, I, I believe you <laughs> <laughs> okay so next theory the mansi tribe Okay. A, a prevalent theory at the time was that the indigenous Mansi people committed the murder of the nine hikers. Evidence for the Mansi tribe's involvement in the appearance, disappearance rather, is that there was a Mansi tomb, which is a, a temporary base, like um, like a little setup with a few tents and whatnot. This was set up northeast from the group pitched their tent, and it was about two hundred feet away. That's not far. There, there, from the tomb that passed 200 feet from where the group were camped. Hmm. So highly likely they crossed paths. Uh, and, and added on to this, the Mansi tribe are known uh, in that mountain range to be very proud and secluded. And they do consider that those mountains as their hunting ground. So okay. if you put it in perspective, if you have people on your hunting ground, you say to them that they shouldn't be there with these hikers. If there's a, you know, a language barrier or... You know, they get defensive. These Mansi people could have turned on them, and a verbal confrontation could easily have escalated into a physical one. They speak the same language, all right. Uh, oh, they're indigenous. Yeah. So maybe potential, not. Uh, the the group of hikers, from what I remember, they um there were a mixed group. Some were the Ukrainian, some were Russian. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there could have been an altercation there for sure. Uh, added on to this, the Mansi tribe knew the area very well and they had the hunting skills 
to be able to hide their ski tracks and and hunt the hunters hunt the hikers really right um, the the method is said that the method of operation is so unusual that it could be easily attributed to someone that's very used to hunting down and killing animals hmm what's you thinking i i i buy this theory a lot more um i mean this is this is a minimum 3 out of 5 um right we may need more increments on the scale. Uh, so this may be a, a 3.4, um, but potentially subject to change depending on other evidence presented later on in in the segment. Um, but yeah, I think that sounds more believable. I mean, that's 100% more believable than the avalanche and the UFO. So yeah, 3.3 out of 5. Mm. Okay, I like that. And the, I think that added on is the fact that there was a, a tomb set up just northeast of their camp so they were in the vicinity of each other yeah no i feel yeah. that yeah because at first when you said about the tomb i thought that the tribe were coming back to life to do this but the, the tomb is just the deceased members of the tribe but they're still living members of that tribe am i right <laughs> yeah yeah so it's tomb so it's like a little like a teepee like a set of teepees okay right yeah yeah exactly yeah uh 3.3 stick with it 3.3. Okay. Next theory, the Yeti. Mm-hmm. Okay. This lo the local Mansi tribe, who we've spoken about before, have legends of a Yeti-like creature called the Menk, and it is said to roam the area of the incident. Now, this is difficult to relay over a podcast, I realise, but there is a famous picture Describe that covered on the belongings of one of the group members called Nikolai Thibel Brinoli. I probably butchered that, but we'll move on. So this shot, I do recommend that you look it up because it's quite um, quite incredible. So this shot is known as frame 17, and it's a strange picture. So I'll describe it to you. So you have two branches in front of you, beautifully snowy, looks a bit like Narnia. It's quite gorgeous, but there is this figure in the, in the background that does resemble uh, a Bigfoot-type creature. Mm. Now it could be one of the hikers, but yeah. there is, you know, there's weight to this because the fact that this is the last picture that he took does lead some people to believe that it happened right just before the incident. Are there bears in this area? Is it a, a barrier? No, it's not. I don't. I'm not because you know I, any research that I did on this, and believe me, I researched. There's nothing that sort of waves it off as oh, it's just a bear. Okay. You know, there is a, there is quite a lot of uh, you know confusion as to what this figure is because you know looking at it now it, it could be one of the hikers easily but you know it's very it's got the black fur and it's standing a little bit weird you know Bigfoot's always depicted with the the larger heads and the longer arms bit of a hunchback it, yeah exactly that exactly that hmm okay I'm gonna have to see this picture um, but based on what you've described. I'm giving it a 3.1. Okay. 3.1. Mm. Locked it. Locked it. I like that. Okay. And this last theory that I have for you is a, a scientific one. It's called gravity fluctuation theory. Right. Now, you were mentioning about the, uh, the tent being ripped from the inside. Yep. We cover that here. So don't worry. I've got you. <laughs> While it is one of the more bizarre theories... It is grounded in scientific thought. This theory essentially argues that there was a sudden drop in gravity in a quote-unquote corridor that the hikers were unfortunately camped in. Now, it's a little-known and, to this day, unproven phenomenon, but it does, in theory, explain the eventual locations of the campers' bodies. So, for example, it's argued that those who first rushed outside the camp were essentially placed into a non-gravitational situation where they died instantly, almost as if they were in a vacuum. <laughs> the others were dragged from the tent, which would explain the tears from the inside. Uh, the theory goes that they were literally ripped from the tent due to the sudden and dramatic drop in gravity. It's argued that this unusual phenomenon occurs more than people realise, but rarely results in such a drastic situation. But the theory still stands. Hmm. My thoughts would be, imagine if you lost someone in that incident 
and then someone comes out with this theory, I would be looking. Right. At, I would be looking at that person thinking, "You did it!" Like it's such a far fetched, <laughs> ridiculous, like never ever happened on earth. Like other than in like a sci fi film or something like that, I would honestly be looking at that scientist or researcher, whoever that guy is that's come up with this gravity malfunction theory thing and just lock him up just don't even have a trial just lock him up he's um, got something <laughs> yeah i mean it being cut from the inside i mean if it's cut from the inside i guess if there was people found a while you know a, a little bit away from the um the site or the camp then mm. being cut from the inside is not hugely um problematic because they may have just cut it to get out but then that would suggest that maybe they were trapped or they needed to to escape that situation right um, so yeah i think i'm not as hung up on the cut on the inside bit as i was okay. at the beginning of of uh of greg's conspiracy theory of the week um but yeah i, I mean yeah i don't buy this at all it's a zero out of five it's a, oh, wow. maybe a 0.1 um, wow. but yeah it's i don't buy it the gravity thing no not for me not for okay, me okay so the most credible one for you is the the mansi tribe then Their yes yes yeah. um and you know fair play to him if it happened it happened um 60 years ago um forgive and forget um <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah it was a serious serious incident and we probably shouldn't uh be as flippant about it as that um, well, it's a really interesting situation. As I said earlier, there's over 75 theories on what happened. You know, some of them including, uh, I won't go into detail, but there's um, a theory that because this was around the time of the Gulag. Sure. And, uh, uh, the, well, it, one theory is that the hikers were mistaken by authorities as prisoners and shot. Yeah. Uh, and then they covered it up. There's also theories that there were escaped prisoners from the Gulag who attacked them. Um, you know, there's theories around weapons testing and they got caught up in all of that and you know, the CIA and there's a lot of different theories because it is just just no one knows. And 60 years, it's spun a lot of a lot of theories. Yeah, it's I mean, quite an incredible situation. yeah, it's peak, peak Cold War uh, time, isn't it? 60 years exactly. ago. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that some of those theories you mentioned, they're probably like around about, you know, between that three to four point five mark um i'm uh, sure a few of those um but yeah we'll have to what, what's uh what's your personal um verdict on it as conspiracy expert to the uh, back to football podcast exactly yeah thank you very much so i i do think that there is definitely some weight to the mansi tribe being involved um but i do also you know believe that the avalanche being the explanation that the russians went with at the time when there's absolutely no evidence for it, I you know it's fishy to me. So I think that maybe there's a cover up there, and uh, you know they were mistaken for prisoners, and then the Mansi tribe was so close, and it's very easy to blame it on them and an avalanche and what sort of wash your hands with it. So um, you know I don't think it's as black and white as as we think. I do think that maybe there's a cover up, and okay. it's very convenient that there's a tribe right by to be able to yeah. blame on. I think we need to know some details as well, perhaps about the individuals involved um, and, you know, whether there was there were any persons of significant interest uh, to the Soviet government at the time yeah. or That's the CIA. Well, something to note of them as well, with the going back to the Avalanche story, these were nine experienced hikers. They were very, very good at what they did and it's often been thrown around in the research that I did that if there was any chance of avalanches, they would not go anywhere near it. You know, right. they knew what they were doing. Okay. They knew the area in theory because they researched it. So it is really bizarre that this happened. Hmm. Yeah, very strange. Um, all right, so I, my final verdict then, I guess, or my final choice of the situations presented by you is that the tribe did it. Um, okay. And we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah 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 it's all done um so that side of greg recommends that i asked for um are we ready to go with that 
Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So Netflix, we're all on it. Let's be honest. They keep throwing new things at us and sometimes it's difficult to keep track. And uh, well, ironically, because what about what? Because of what I'm about to say, uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. Oh, I like uh, this. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know if you're really interested in Formula One. Yeah, I love Formula One. Yeah, big Formula One fan. Oh, okay, great. So this is a, a new Netflix series that, as I say, I think it did fly under the radar a little bit. Um, I saw a, a trailer for it advertised a couple of months ago, actually, uh, and I've only just really caught up with it. Uh, I'm not a huge Formula One fan, but I do sort of know a little bit about it. And I, I am a fan of sports documentaries. So when I saw it, it really piqued my interest. Yeah. Um, it's 10 episodes. They're about 40 minutes each. I have absolutely loved it. I've smashed it out in a day. Uh, and I've actually rewatched a few just while I've been playing FIFA and stuff. They're quite easy to watch. Yeah. Um, so each episode sort of covers a different area in Formula One. So by the time you finish it, you've actually come out and you've, you've learned. It isn't just entertainment. You do know a lot of the different aspects and different areas of Formula One. Um, it follows Daniel Ricciardo in the first episode. Yep. Uh, his story at Red Bull, Red Bull Racing. Um, it's the first time that his contract's expiring. So there's a sort of a will he, won't he renew it. Where, where will he be the following season? Exactly, yeah. Because there's a whole... He, he talks about it of... You know, I'm, I'm getting up to 30 now. I want to be winning like championships and all of this. So can I do that with this team that's brought me up from the youth academy? Or do I go and find, you know, that real, um, a real dilemma for him. Yeah. Really and also, do I play number two uh, to Max Verstappen? Um, yes. Who's that's persistently being kind of positioned as the number one driver uh, at the team. Um, Absolutely. Or do I Absolutely. go somewhere else and be the main man? Well, I didn't. There's something that I've learned along the way that there is, you know, while they're teammates, there is a huge rivalry between, you know, these these racers within the same team. And you know, I won't go on to spoil anything, but it does have catastrophic consequences for the the, the Some racing of the teams. Team. Yeah, yeah. So it's, there's a level of selfishness, and it if it gets over, it gets too much. It does having a whole impact on the whole season. Uh, it's quite interesting, really. Um, that also follows the Haas F1 team. I don't yep. know if you've heard of them. Yeah, so, it's Gene um, Haas. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the American uh, American lot contingent. Uh, and they're sort of like an underdog in F1. Um, I think that, that was one of my favourite story arcs that follows it because you sort of, in the first episode, you meet uh, the team principal, which is Gunther Steiner. Yeah. And bless him he starts off really hopeful you know <laughs> underdog story it's gonna be great what you're watching down is essentially his mental state decay as the season yeah. goes on you know the cars keep breaking down the drivers crash the all this all that and by the, the pit crew episode, yeah exactly the pit crew yeah they were really slow and what is it's quite an incredible um journey that you go on with them you do sort of want to have a cup of tea with them afterwards and let them know it's all going to be all right yeah, I, I have seen, uh, I think I've seen most of the episodes. I'm not sure if I've done all 10, but um, I would agree with you on the uh, the Haas story being the, the most interesting. And I yeah. found Gunter Steiner actually a, a very interesting character in that he has a very kind of soft, jokey outer shell. And then there's just <laughs> this incredibly ruthless um you know, straight talking hard man underneath it all that actually manages the team on race days. Um, it's very interesting. I don't know if you've seen the thick of it. Yeah, Malcolm Tucker. It's a little bit of a Malcolm Tucker there. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, he's definitely got that um, that vibe about him. Um, in some of some of the interactions that he has with uh, so the two drivers, uh, Kevin Magnussen and. A Hulkenberg. Oh, Hulkenberg and Grosjean are the two drivers, aren't they? And there's. There's yeah. some really good um, mental, kind of psychological analysis um, made in in the the documentary as well, uh, particularly with uh, Romain Grosjean. Um, yeah, that I enjoyed, mm. and that the mental side of, and like you say, that that idea that your teammate is your biggest enemy, um, and that you know they're right inside your circle, and it's it's a crazy sport to be involved in. Um, yeah. I certainly never appreciated 
how you know that that title uh line so f1 is it fight for survival drive to survive drive to survive um every single season every race um no matter what team you're on i mean even if you're lewis hamilton you know if hamilton starts placing you know p12 p13 or even p5 probably um consistently on the grid he mm. will be replaced or his team will be looking to to move on and to bring in someone uh like maybe Pierre Gasly or um one of the Lando Norris one of the younger guys so it's it's a it's a sport where you have to be at your absolute best but it's not just you is it it's the mechanics it's the team principal it's the pit guys it's the technicians back in the factories um it's it's really a sport of excellence and there's no, is, no yeah. room there's no room for error at all and there's no way you can hide because everyone's no. so everyone has that role yeah well did you see the uh i don't know whether after you watched it at all you saw the most recent um f1 grand prix in montreal um with seb vatel and hamilton came had a coming together um right and at the end, Seb's instinct was to just go to the, you know, go to his um, trailer or whatever you would call it and, and just get out of the spotlight. But obviously right. he'd, he'd placed second in the race, so he had to go on the podium and he would have been docked points. So wow, it led to a, a quite an interesting situation, which I personally, I, I'm, I love Sebastian Vettel um, and I have a sort of a love-hate thing for, for Lewis Hamilton. I mean, I appreciate that he is insanely talented and he's one of the greatest British sportsmen of all time. But um, I'm not sure I always agree with um, with what he does, but I think that's sometimes that's just the stick you get tarred with if you are a particularly good sportsman. Like, people just naturally tend to to not like you for, for no reason yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, Seb anyway had to come out and go on the podium and, and there was a whole load of drama. Uh, I definitely recommend just check that out on YouTube. Just look at the, the kind of the post race celebrations of the Montreal GP. Well, right. worth watching. Yeah. Um, what, no, yeah I, I really enjoyed watching formula one, uh, formula one drive to survive on Netflix. Do recommend it. Greg recommends first one of the of the series. What would you give uh, it? Solid, out solid of 10. nine out of ten. Nine, nine out of ten. Nine yeah. out of ten. Cool. Um, I would probably give a rating to our first phone uh, segment. A I think a seven out of ten because there's room for improvement where I keep talking over you. Maybe we should do like a video link. Um, yeah. Which might help us. Uh, in future like I can set up a Skype thing and then we just record the audio but then at least we can see uh, when when I'm about to butt in and say something useless as you're trying to talk uh, and it'll be <laughs> all the uh, slightly less painful uh, for the listener listening that's a shout that's but, a shout yeah so we'll get you on uh, more regularly now um, and uh, thank you for coming on the Back to Football podcast. That's the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Thank you, Greg. Thank you very much, Dan. You take care. All right, speak soon. See you later. Bye. That was our conspiracy segment with Greg the Egg. Greg, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show. Did you enjoy that, John? I did indeed. It's fantastic. Yeah, and it is now time for us to go back to football as we are the Back to Football podcast available on Spotify, iTunes and all good podcast outlets. We are the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Now, Women's World Cup is still going on and uh, England doing well. Uh, picked up our second win of the group stage uh, and booked our place in the uh, the knockout stages. I think we're going to do pretty well. I'm hoping for a semi-final. Yeah, that would be that would be a really really good achievement. Obviously, it's uh, Phil Neville's first first World Cup at the at the helm. Um, so to get to a semi-final, I think would be fantastic. Did they got to the semi-final at the 2015? I'm not going to lie, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they did. Okay. Um, I think they lost in the I believe they lost in the semi-final but yeah. they won the 
third place game. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, if we got that wrong, just let us know let on us Twitter know. or on know. the Insta and make sure that yeah. uh, you know we, we got our facts right. People on that one. make mistakes. Yeah, we That's do. All I'm saying. We do. Um, but yeah, that would be fantastic um, if they did that. Um, do you know what? Tough competition. The yeah. France France team looked good. They did. Well, they had uh, a very lucky um, win actually against uh, was it Nigeria. Or Japan, I think it was Nigeria uh, last night. So again, we're talking Monday night here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know that the Nigeria goalkeeper was booked? Right, tell me if you've ever seen this in your crazy. life before. Absolutely crazy. Booked for stepping off her line during a penalty kick. Yeah, it's just, it's just absolutely farcical. Farcical. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and okay, so here's a, here's a question: Are these things that, like something like that happening? So we've never seen it happen before. You would never, and inevitably, these things get. Comp- comparisons made to the men's game i've never seen anyone booked in men's football for that even if it's in the rule book it's kind of like a gentleman's agreement or whatever um that penalties are very rarely even retaken for that yeah let alone booking the goalkeeper so is that something where is that uh specific to the to the women's game that they're more likely to kind of hone in on on a technicality like that because is the consequences as a referee if you don't book someone for that is someone likely to turn around and say oh well you don't know the rules you know is, yeah, is this a challenge of, of yeah, the women's I mean, game I don't know I don't know enough about the sort of um, overarching governing bodies yeah. that kind of govern the refereeing um, in the women's game whether it's the same as the men's game yeah. you would imagine that it, I would that think it so, is yeah. it's the same um, but it could be a situation that they're kind of following the rules more to the letter. Like you say, like yeah. there's probably, there's potentially something in the rules um, regarding that. But yeah. in the men's game, maybe because these things happen so much and there's so much money involved. Like, you know, you imagine you send off, you know, De Gea for yeah. that in a, you know, a top of the table clash game, you know, then it's going to be a problem. <laughs> you know, it's going to, you're just going to cause problems for yourself. Yeah. Um, maybe because, you know, there isn't that element within the women's game that the sort of referees are sort of have a bit more control. They're kind of sticking to the rules and following the rules a bit more and applying it, the, the letter of the law maybe, mm. and potentially what, ruining, ruining the game really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the penalty was retaken, I believe, and, and scored. So France took a 1-0 win. i tell you a game I did watch and I was very impressed was the, well, f- f- I watched the back-to-back game. There was Sweden versus Thailand. So obviously Thailand coming off the back of a 13-0 yeah. loss to the USA. Um, they lost, well, they were losing 5-0, no, 4-0 um, with like 92 minutes gone. They actually scored a goal, uh, which was a great goal as well. It was a really good goal. Um, kind of a breakaway, one on one with the keeper, and she's put it <clears throat> in the in the in the right hand corner. Yeah, good finish. Um, Sweden then went on to score another goal. They got awarded a VAR penalty um, just at the end of the game, but five one. Uh, the Thai women were so happy to to even get get a, get a goal, get yeah. a goal. And Sweden are, are no, um, you know bad opponent yeah, Sweden are one Sweden, of the favourites um, yeah. for the tournament solid they knocked the USA women out of the uh, Olympics uh, back in 2016 um, so yeah they're a big threat uh, to the tournament but then I watched the USA um, women's team and they looked fantastic I think if they, whoever if anyone can beat them for this tournament that will be the winner because I think USA looks so up for this um, so I'm hoping actually that England will avoid USA yeah. at least um, to a potential yeah, final. Solid team, amazing team. Yeah, they look really good, yeah. um, and I think it's um, it's showing how seriously uh, football, women's football, is taken mm. in the states at the moment. Uh, <clears throat> because yeah, their, their team really just yeah, it was outstanding. I was very very impressed uh, by the quality of their football um, up against uh, a pretty good Chile team Ooh. they absolutely dominated them um, so yeah I think my tip for the tournament would be USA women to go forward yeah um, 
Eb, the men's game, you were talking to me uh, about two particular teams that are making lots of transfers yes. this summer. Which two teams are they? Uh, Barca and Real Madrid. El Clasico. El Clasico yeah, they've uh, already, Madrid have already snapped up Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard, I yeah. should say, excuse me. Eden Hazard and uh, Luka Jovic as well. Yes, they have um, indeed. Did you in. see, um, there has been some Chelsea fans that are not too happy with Hazard at the moment. You know, he spent a number of years at Chelsea, you know, a fan favourite player. He goes out, is unveiling against. Uh, I mean, is unveiling uh, in uh, in Madrid, and uh, he's kissing the badge. What's your thoughts on that? Do you uh, think what, is that just is that just normal now to like kiss the badge straight away? Like you know, I, I'm yeah. not sure. Are there any loyalties? I guess yeah. is the question. Um, I think, as a gesture, it's probably to suggest that he loves Madrid. Um, and he loved Madrid. Think, He's only been there two minutes. Yeah, yeah. He haven't kicked a ball for them yet. I think it was uh, so Benteke. Um, there was a quote from Benteke about two weeks ago saying that when he first met Hazard, the first thing Hazard said to him was, "I want to play for Madrid one day." Mm, yeah. Um, so I think there is a boyhood kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. dream come true element to, to the Hazard transfer. Um, but yeah, it does. It, it's kind of potentially disrespectful to to Chelsea but I think the Madrid crowd um, are a very very yeah, yeah. tough crowd, tough to, crowd yeah. to win over so um, I think probably he was just trying to pull every trick yeah. in the book yeah. just to, to get them to, to take to him straight away yeah. um, I think he'll be superb over there I think he's yeah. going to be the best player I, I totally agree in their squad next season, obviously there's a, there's a certain Argentinian that's still playing um, in Barcelona yes, that's probably the best player in the league. But I think Hazard is got every chance of being the the next best player in La Liga next season. Um, there's a fire sale basically going on yeah. as well with Real Madrid. They've got about 17 players that they're looking to uh, to offload. Um, the likes of which include Tony Crows and. Um, Asensio um, is on the Coutinho. list. Coutinho from Barcelona, yeah, is looking to oh, be yeah, uh, offloaded potentially. Um, I've heard, or I've not heard, I've made this up a little bit, but I've, I've heard Neymar is close to going back to Barcelona. So I'm wondering if Coutinho would go in the other direction um, to PSG for a mm. season. He hasn't hit it off. No. He hasn't hit it off there, has he? He's Coutinho. not. That's a hard. I mean, it's look. Whoever goes, no matter what player you are, you go to Barcelona. You are not the best player in the no, team. Exactly. Um, and I think that's quite a challenging um, stance to kind of come in with. Is that you know you are not like it. It was the same for Neymar when he was originally there. Suarez has taken to it yeah. like a duck to water. Yeah, totally. Um, being being the backup man, you know, Ooh. being the the provider for for Messi and doing all the hard work that actually creates a lot of space and provides Ooh. a lot of assists for someone like Messi but um, the other big transfer with those two teams is Paul Pogba yes. um, whether he'll go to um, Real Madrid it said that Zinedine Zidane's number one target this summer is Pogba um, but Man United are kind of playing the game and saying he's not available yeah. Um, yeah. the backup plan is said to be Christian Eriksen now Daniel Levy yes Wants eighty million for Ericsson. Um, Madrid apparently not prepared to pay any more than seventy. Uh, and get this, Daniel Levy values Christian Ericsson at one hundred and fifty million to any of the other Premier League teams that would be interested in buying him. Um, yes. Thoughts on that? Ridiculous. Who would you rather have uh, based on what you've seen in the last couple of seasons, Ericsson or Pogba? See, this is a really tough question because you think, are you thinking as a fan, somebody that you know? can decide who's the better footballer or whatever and who's going to get more goals and assists. As a manager. Or are you thinking about it? But as other club, I think, because if, if you're talking about the club, they're probably going to go Paul Pogba because he's going to sell more shirts and yeah. you know, bring more money into the club. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to say, based on what you've seen over the last couple of years in the Premier League, you'd have to go Ericsson. Yeah. Um, oh, know, yeah. But you don't know, I don't know whether Paul Pogba has kind of, yeah, I don't know if he, has he had the rubber the green that he kind of fell out with Mourinho a bit, he, mm. you know, he kind of wasn't wasn't getting a lot of game time, like his head wasn't in it. Is he a better player 
has he got more potential if he's playing at a club where he's happy, he's trusted, um, you know, he's given responsibility. I mean, you saw what happened in the World Cup. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's a tough one, that one. Yeah, I th- I think Pogba and I just think Pogba and Man United is is done. Like I just yeah, think finish. the relationship's broken down between him and him and the the kind of the old Trafford faithful as such. Um, I don't know whether I I sent you the the video of beans beans beans. Yes, get off um, beans. Jesse the more Lingard. you eat, the more you toot. Kind of thing yeah. that Jesse Lingard and and Marcus Rashford were doing. Uh, they've kind of become the the Spice Boys of. Of, yeah, uh, British football. Um, what What's your thoughts on you know players having fun? Obviously, in the off season, you play a, a long season together. You put X amount of hours into you know training every week, working hard. Um, off season, do you think players should just do whatever they want and be all over social media? Or so the argument was that Scott McTominay is out in Barcelona at the moment, training, mm. getting ready for next season. Uh, Rashford and and Martial, oh no, sorry, Rashford and and Lingard are off um, sunning themselves. I'm not even sure where they are. Did you see yeah. where they are? Is it Miami? I, I believe so. Yeah, uh, they're they're abroad yeah. somewhere. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, at the end of the day, they're humans, um, yeah. just as much as everyone else. They're entitled to a holiday. Yeah, and also we don't know. They might have already had some training. Yeah, true. You know, they might have had some training, or they might be have some training scheduled uh, scheduled coming up, um, yeah. and they're just away for. A few days or a week, um, you know. I, I think we're too quick to judge sometimes, especially yeah. in the media. Um, and listen, I mean, in my opinion, they're both. I mean, they're different positions, but they're both more valuable to United than McTominay. And if McTominay wants to kind of keep up this level and 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 stay in the squad, um, he's going to get needs to get some extra training in, especially like with tran- transfers coming up and players that could potentially come into the club. So uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that you know. Rashford and Lingard are gonna are gonna start every week, like you know, sort of thing. They need to train as well, but you know, they are they are different levels, I believe. Uh, yeah, different level of player, and I think that yeah, go and let your hair down. It's been a tough year, you know. It's been a tough year for United, you know. Yeah, just like it has been for Arsenal, like you know, the yeah. two giants of English football, yeah. you know, uh, have literally fallen off the wagon, and uh, mm. we need uh, we need a bit of a rest to rejuvenate, and then we can have a go yeah. again next year. Well, we haven't signed anyone, by the way, as an Arsenal fan, which is really, really annoying. Yeah. But, um, Do you think you'll keep hold of uh, Pierre Eberich Aubameyang? I mean, he he's touted as a potential Madrid yeah. signing as well. I, I, we need to keep him. Um, yeah. If we don't, it's over. Um, it is, is he over. is who number one numero uno? Arsenal. I think so. Yeah, yeah. The goals he scores, he's got more goals than yeah. Lacazette. I think they've got a good partnership. Yeah. I like Lacazette. Um, in a Premier League more as player like he kind of he tracks back he wins his ball recovery um, is really good like he, he he if Arsenal lose the ball I quite hope the pitch he always runs back and and yeah. recovers the ball and then restarts the attack which Aubameyang doesn't really do um, sort of thing but um, they you know it's it's we need to have two strikers you know we've got two strikers you know it's our it's our Best form of attack of defense is attack for Arsenal at the moment because we can't defend. So there's no yeah. point having one and you know having more in midfield or or in defense because until we sort out some better defenders, to yeah, bring yeah, some better defenders. So if we're not going to do that, we've got to try and outscore teams. You can't do that by selling your best strikers. So mm. we've got we've got to keep him. Got to be yeah. done. Yeah, big big summer uh, for for both yeah Man United and Arsenal, uh, and we'll see what happens uh, in Spain with El Clasico. But I think the only thing that's guaranteed is money will be spent. Money will be splashed, um, and I'm quietly confident. That I think <clears throat> Daniel Levy will be making a significant amount of money by the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the last one actually, um, and we won't dwell on this too much. But I'm I'm hearing rumours that Gareth Bale looks like he's going to go to Bayern Munich. Oh okay. Um, which I think would be a That'd really be a good good really move, good move for, him. for him. Yeah. Uh, Robin and Ribéry obviously have just yeah. uh, departed, um, and you know if if he had anything like the the kind of the career arc that those two have had, he could uh, he could enjoy maybe six good yeah. strong seasons. Still a top um, player, isn't he? Out there in, yeah. in Bavaria, so yeah, he's a top player. I hope to see that, and he still plays Champions League football, and uh, hopefully, you know he'll he'll score some incredible goals and do some incredible things. Um, look up Gareth Bale throw-in 
uh, on YouTube as well. And yeah, we'll talk go and about do that, that on the next yeah. show. Because have you seen it? Did that mad throwing. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to find it and, and get you to watch it live because it was ridiculous. It was in the last round of uh, international games. Um, I'll get it on my phone here for you. Uh, Gareth Bale throw in. If you're listening, definitely give this a... Yeah, watch this. Okay, so ball's gone out of play. He's picked it up. Wow. He's thrown it, what, 40 yeah, yards? Easy, yeah, 30 to 40 yards. That. And then the guy, I think it's Sam Vokes, has just fluffed it, missed it. I'm not sure who that guy is, but that's an incredible that throw. Is, that is. He's launched that, hasn't he? He's just phys- physically an absolute it. beast. Yeah. You enter the core, the, the core, core strength you need to do needed that. To he is, uh, I've, I, I mean, obviously he's ex-Spurs, but I, <laughs> <laughs> he's an ex-Spurs player, but I, you know, he's a brilliant player. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. He, I think he did really well at Madrid, but, you know, it's horses for courses over there, isn't it? If yeah. they don't, if they don't like you, they don't like you. Um, but, you know, he won the Champions League, what, you know, was it three or two years uh, they in a row? Three years in a yeah, row, didn't they? Know, they won it three years yeah, in a row. Yeah, so um, Bell, Bell was a big part of that. Yeah. You know, scored winning goals. Yeah. You know, he's got one of them overhead kicks in, oh, his, he scored, in like, his resume as well. Possibly the greatest Champions League final goal of all oh, time last you know, year. Brilliant. So. Um, but, you know, hasn't, they don't. It is what it is. He's got the love. He hasn't got the love. So it is what it is. Time to move on. Time to move on. It is what it is. Same for us. Same Time for to move us. on. Yeah. End of the show. Um, it's been a good one. Uh, thank you again to uh, Greg the Egg for being our inaugural phone guest. Yes. Uh, next week's podcast, uh, we're going to have a Cricket World Cup update. Yeah, indeed. Uh, from a certain Mr. Nikhil Patel. Nikhil. Uh, will be coming at us live uh, from the India-Afghanistan game. That will be brilliant uh, on the phone. Yeah. So we modern technology, modern technology, modern technology. Exactly. So it's going well. Podcast is going well. It's still early days. We've got, you know, yeah. we've got all these, you know, special segments and guests coming in. That's we've it. got, you know, the conspiracies. We've got boxing. Everything's got, there. You know, the cricket. You know, yeah. yeah. We're building. We're all, building. All our eggs are in several different baskets. Yeah. Um, and it is what it is. It so is thanks is. for listening. Uh, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you.